Welcome back, everyone. It's good to sort of um, see see everyone again. I know there's still lots of people away as well. Hopefully, if you're here, you have had a really restful break. Um, if you if you've had a chance to go away, you know, just savor those memories. We we didn't Angela and I didn't go away. We we got a little noose around our necks called Gus. So six or eight week old Scottish Terrier, which I love and hate at the same time. Um, but he's so we've, we've sort of been been around here um, very much, which is not a terrible place to be, by the way. But but anyway, and sort of like as we've sort of been around, and obviously you know sort of in, in the last sort of week or so, I've been. I've been, and having knowing family and friends overseas. It's just sort of been a real sense of being able to see in our street. It's one of the things that I have loved most about staying in the area, was we live in, in Algies Bay. And it, and it normally is quite a, a very quiet place, and, and there's sort of, it seems like more houses are empty than occupied, or a lot of them are. So one of the things I've, I've really appreciated and loved seeing was like, Every home, every house having, you know, caravans and boats and people around and laughing and, and Angela and I make it a pretty pretty regular part of our, our um, daily routines to go for a walk. And it's so lovely to go for a walk down on, on in Algies Bay and on the way to the steps and see lots of people and, and kind of, um, yeah, it's been wonderful. So, so really I hope that for all of you that you've had a chance to sort of um, to relax, to rest, to lean into rest. Um, and it was so good, too, to see for the last couple of weeks we've done Cafe Sundays, which has been our sort of rhythm of getting, getting back into, into gathering together. And, and I was thinking about it the last, so I had a conversation with someone at a Cafe Sunday, and they were asking, oh, so why, why do you do, do this? And that's always a really great question to ask yourself. Um, like, why do you do the things you do? And I kind of was like, it can be good, or it can be really um, confronting. Um, but I sort of took that, and I was spending a lot of time thinking, well, yeah, why do we do it? Why do we break? So I've been part of, we've led this church for 14 years, but we've been here for, I don't know, it must be a long time. <laughs> but we've always had, as a church, time where we've sort of finished around Christmas and had, had um, the time definitely between Christmas and New Year's, but around now, where, where we break, and I, I can't speak to previously, but for for why we do it as we lead, I sort of some of the things that I was really thinking about in knowing that I was going to be here today, and and I was sort of reminded about the idea, or I guess you could call it a principle, that really we have it, it takes three things: time, energy, and money to make anything happen. And, and you sort of, and those are on a scale. So if you don't have, any, like in life, if you have a lot of money, but a lot of not, a, not a lot of time and energy, you know you can, the money can compensate. You can pay someone to mow your lawn. You can pay someone to wash your car, you can clean your house, do whatever. So your money compensates for your lack of time or energy. And, and so I sort of was thinking about Manorani Vineyard in the context of, of time, energy, and money. Don't worry, it's not a giving talk the first Sunday back. Few people looking a little bit nervous. It isn't, I promise. Um, but in our context, we really do function as a church family, really leaning heavily into time and energy 
and it actually exists pretty, pretty um, lower, a lot lower on, on money. Do you know, like we, we meet in this hall. Um, if we were to own a hall like this, you would be getting, you would definitely be getting a giving talk on the first <laughs> Sunday back. Um, you know, like it sort of, it takes a lot more, a lot more um, sort of money. But so, so the context was, oh yeah, and I hadn't really thought too much about it in recent that yeah, we do rely a lot on, on time and energy. And, and really, um, I was just became so grateful of, of our church culture that does, that there are so many of us who give really, really generously of their time and their energy, and actually of money as well. There is, it's not like you're all terrible givers. That's not true at all. Um, but it was really grateful to think about the fact that that we are a really, really, um, have an incredible church culture of giving, of getting involved. You know, I, I'm really grateful that, that for most of us, this is a really uncomfortable, would be an uncomfortable place to be a spectator or a, or a consumer. If, if you're here to be a spectator or a consumer, I do pray that you would become increasingly uncomfortable doing that, you know, like a really yeah. because, but, and really genuinely for your sake and, and for all of our sakes. There's something incredibly life-giving about lending a hand, about getting involved, about giving of who you are into, into making what is this church family incredible. Now, if you're just visiting... Listen to everything I say and take back to your church family and, and give. Give of your time, give of your energy, and give of your money. I promised it wasn't a money talk, so I'll move on. You know, but, but um, and, and I was so grateful, so I was thinking about, oh, that's, that's why we break. That's why we, we stop meeting, stop gathering, is because it really, I genuinely want it to be a time where, where like Jesus modeled so well, he worked when it was time to work, and then he rested when it was time to rest, is that as our church family, as a church culture, we, we value rest as much as we value work, as much as we value mission, as much as we value, um, you know, being, demonstrating who God is in our community. And so that's kind of like why we rest, why we break. And, and I've had, my conversation was with someone who obviously was from a, visiting in the area and had very little concept that, that churches could pause and rest. It's sort of like, what? Like, what? Why? You know, and, and so that is why we do what we do for, for all those people who, who give of their time and give of their energy. Um, to be able to rest, to be able to find refreshing, to not have to come on a Sunday morning. I, I must say, there's a couple of weeks of Cafe Sundays where I arrived, you know, sort of 10 minutes before it was ready to start, and, and I had the forethought of setting up the room on Christmas Eve. And there was actually something really lovely about the thought of, oh, this must be what it's like if you had your own church building where you literally could turn up and everything was there and you turned on the lights. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to die there. <laughs> but, but yeah, and, and so it is that sense of, of really who we are. And so one, I want to thank everyone who is part of 
the incredible group of people who get involved and who give up their time and their energy. People like who come in the morning on Sunday mornings and set up chairs. Um, none of this stuff is here. None of it is here at seven o'clock on Sunday morning. It all is brought out and set up. You know, all those people who go out in creche and tribe and ant, the, the morning tea, like, okay, we're gonna, we're thanking, we, we bought donuts this week, but, but for the most part, the incredible baking and good food that we get is, is by people like you who, who give of their energy and their time and, and their talents to bake and make it and make morning tea or those people who welcome, you know, a smiling face. Paul and Nikki did a brilliant job this morning. Despite my earlier, yeah, well done, you did. Um, and there's people who do this, like who speak, who give up their time and their energy to prepare messages. And, and, and it really is quite incredible. And, and so I kind of was thinking, we, we had some conversations with some, some colleagues at the end of, of the year. And, you know, having come from the year that we've had, and sort of with a relative kind of uncertainty of what the year ahead will, will look like, um, we I don't think I have encountered many people who are taking for granted that this is just kind of like all that's happening in the rest of the world, but we'll, we're fine, and, and, and that will never change. Um, but a normal response can be, for, for a lot of us, is just to pull back, is to sort of retreat, to sort of close in. And that is really normal and, and quite understandable. But rather, I would, I would love to invite you to consider, um, particularly in the context of, but no, not even, but I would invite you to, rather than pulling back and retreating and, and turning inward, is that we as a people continue to look outward, to continue to give, give of our time, give of our energy, give of our money, um, because it really will make a difference. It really will, will help. And rather than pulling back and closing in, um, yeah, is to, is to give. And, and I think, and other than saying giving us you know, money, but of our time and our energy, know that, that when we talk about the context of, or when I talk about the context of Maharingi Vineyard, I can say very, very certain that anything you give of your time and your energy and your money to here, one, I know it will be incredibly appreciated. And you will not be taken advantage of. And you will not, we, we do not, like, the way we do things is as important as what we do. It is a value of this church family, and it's incredibly, it's a very strong value for who I am. Like, that you will not be chewed up and spit out. And that may seem a bit funny to say, but unfortunately it isn't. The, the great thing about Maharani Vineyard in, in our church family, in our context, is we're at a size and a scale that literally, and I don't think it's, is that, that many hands make light work. You know, there are, there are a lot of us. And for the most part, when it comes to all of those teams that I mentioned before, um, really, if all of us said yes to once or twice a term, 
everything and more gets done. And we can exist and do well. So, so in a way, I'm not asking you to give, well, I am asking you to give your money, but also your time and your energy as well. So I'm sorry, it is a money talk. It is a giving talk. But it's one that, that hopefully is, is a little bit different in that, that we can all do this thing together. We can all sort of um, be involved, and we will all be better for it in, in this time next year. And so, so can I encourage you, when you are asked, not if, but when, when you're asked, will be asked to get involved in the team, to lend a hand, to be part of it, please say yes. You won't regret it. And, and I promise you, you won't be taken advantage of. And, and if you want to get extra brand points, be proactive. Um, email Brenda. She's an admin. What's the admin? Admin at Maharani um, And put your hand up, you know, and, and be part of something. It, I promise you it will be a great experience. We're re we are really good at saying thank you. We are. We're really yeah. good at expressing our gratitude. You'll have donors to prove it in just a few minutes. All right. So, hey, for the rest of the time we have, I am going to introduce our next series, or, or this, this term one series. And really, that is going to be sort of the looking at what, we look, what we're going to look at over this term. I haven't even talked to connect groups, but it would be brilliant if connect groups dig into it as well, is looking at Philippians, the book of Philippians. So that's one of the books in the New Testament. Um, one in which um, Paul wrote. Do we have that on um, the slide? Yep. It'll give us a, yep. a map and a context. Sometimes it's, I don't know about you, but right. sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. for me it's, um, you kind of have to remind yourself that these places are real places. Um, they're, they're still around. And so for those of you who don't know, um, uh, the little red dot is Philippi, um, northern Greece. I'm not going to go into the fact that on our Canceled trip to Greece, Italy, and Turkey. We probably would have gone there, but hey, whatever. I'm sure other people have suffered, but hey. Anyway, so so I started in Rome because really, in the context of of when Paul wrote this, that really was the center of the world, the center of the Roman Empire. Um, so I think it probably took Paul a little bit longer than than 20 hours and 17 minutes. I, I don't know if this car was a bit slower or not. But um, anyway, it's, it's really worthwhile to think about. And, and just sort of to give you a little bit of context, that actually, um, so you follow the road down to the, the, the heel of Italy. There's, there was a, you took a ferry across, probably a little bit slower than the ferries we have today. Um, but then really the road, that, that road is, is a, was, and still is there, a, um, a major Roman um, road. It's the Via Ignatia, or the Ignatian Way. Not Ignatian as in Ignatian spirituality, but it was a Roman um, pro-counselor who ordered the making of that road, which was the major um, military and trading route to the east. So, so used... Um, for for army for the conquering for Rome to continue to sort of expand its empire and sort of carry on heading east to conquer and overtake um, the known world and then to trade 
I need to take what they want. <laughs> you know, that's sort of what, what you're looking at. And so the makeup of this church in Philippi um, that Paul, and this is just really briefly, and we'll, we'll get to more as well, was because there was so much military um, expansion in, and by that point already, Rome was bursting at the seams. Um, what they would do is as, as soldiers would go out and to overtake the world, colonies were formed. And this is important because Paul is going to talk about how in Philippians, how we as followers of Jesus are to be colonies, are to colonize heaven and earth into our world, to be little that was a little rum. So the idea was that these soldiers would be would be told to settle back into these towns, like Philippi was one of them, and they were to bring Rome, be a colony of Rome, to rule as in Rome in this place. And so as a church, you think the demographics were, there were occupiers and there were those who were being occupied. There were incredibly wealthy in that time, and there was a very small percentage of really wealthy, powerful Romans who were living in, in Philippi, and then there were those who weren't, the, probably the vast majority. Um, so as a context, there were a church of great diversity, diversity ethnically, financially. Um, their worldviews were, were really different. And the, the amazing thing that we'll see when we get into um, Philippians, it, and it's kind of probably why I kind of really was attracted to it as a series, is there's a lot of love in this letter. Paul loved this church. And you read some of the Paul's writing, he, that's not to be taken for granted. Like Paul, sometimes you wonder, like, he's like, oh, why did I do that? Like, why did I plant that church? These people are awful. Um, <laughs> I never thought anything like that about the church. <laughs> no, but, but in Philippians, there, there, this letter particularly, there is a lot of love going back and forth between them. They, have, they think incredibly highly of one another. I'm losing my notes, but there's a real message of joy, um, joy that, that goes through. And all of these things we're going to lean into and, and explore a lot more as we go on. Um, but joy... And in Paul's way, joy in the midst of difficult circumstances. So this is classed, Philippians is classed as one of the prison letters. So Paul spent quite a few um, different times in his life in prison. There's a lot of argument, not argument, but there's, a, there's altering views. Um, I think people used to really think he was writing it from prison in Rome. But as things have gone on... Um, there's, there's a, a different view that, that he would have been a lot closer and wasn't necessarily in Rome. Either way, I guess it doesn't really matter with, whether you're in jail in Rome or jail somewhere else. Either way, he was in jail. But, but Paul, in the midst of that, was really excited and talks lots about joy, which is another really big point that we have. Another, another really part of the, the writing of the story was Jail in that first century was not like jail here. Not that I've had experiences in either of them, but, but in a first century context of prison, you were not provided food or, or care in any way. And so people, if you found yourself in prison, you found yourself in the mercy 
of your friends, of your family, to provide you with food. And in one level, that's what the, this letter is about, is a thank you that this church who dearly loved Paul had pulled together money to, to help look after him. So that's what we'll see is when we get into it, him reading, um, thanking them for, for their gift. Um, and so, yeah, so we'll carry on. It, you know, one of the, the major overviews of, of, this, of this letter, as we'll find, is that Paul was continuing to write about joy, but, but also about what it was to what life was really about, what, what was important in life. Um, and he sort of, in many ways, as Paul is really incredibly good at doing, was overturning many of the normal expectations about what human life was like, what, what made it worthwhile, um, what were things to be celebrated. And I think that's as true today as ever. Not many of us would send out a joyful text to our mates saying how excited we were that we were in prison. <laughs> or, or that we were facing difficult times. Um, but he did so because they were followers of the crucified, risen Jesus. And there is a call that, that, that echoes all the way through church history and to right now is Paul reminds the church then, and I think we can be reminded today, to stand firm. It, we'll read this over and over again in this term ahead, is, is this invitation to stand firm. In one way, that's a very military content. Paul is writing that as a military term because this church would have been well aware with Roman guards and you know, military coming and going all the time. But there is a standing firm that we're invited into, that he was inviting this church into, to focus on Jesus, to stand on Jesus, to stand on the God that is revealed in Jesus. We're going to see in chapter 2 when we get there, is some of Paul's most explicit, most articulate language to communicate the centrality of who Jesus is. He makes this incredible announcement, probably one of the most beautiful announcements in all of Scripture, of a messianic announcement that, that the crucified, risen Christ is in fact Lord of the world. So obviously that meant a lot more to the Philippians than it does to us right now through our response. Or maybe we just have to read it and go over it again. But there is something about this letter that I think we are, it, is, it will be water to our souls as much as it would have been to that Philippian church when they received it, is to remind us of who Jesus is and actually who we are as followers of that Jesus. Hmm. Which takes me to another thing that we'll see, and is that call to partnership. That, that we aren't being invited into just even kind of, maybe what, what Sheldon was talking about, to kind of know acad academically, am I all tribe is quick and I'm slow. But we aren't called to being, you know, to being invited into an academic, um, not that there's anything wrong with academics, but, but just to sort of a level of knowing Jesus. We're called into a partnership 
Can someone say about this business? Paul uses, there's the, a, road, a, a word, the word he uses when he invites us into partnership is koinonia, which is actually a business term. We're called, we're being invited into the business of the gospel, the business of the church. Are you suitably excited about Philippians? Should I just break now and we'll get dormant? How's that? Yeah. Yeah, now everyone's excited. Yes, Linda. Philippians, woohoo! Give us the donuts. <laughs> one last one. We're going to see the tension of Paul's invitation throughout Philippians. These two things a call to holiness and a call to unity. Now, when we talk about that in the church context, together, those things are really, really hard. Unity alone without holiness, and when I say holiness, it's something so much more than morality, being good. But, but you know, unity is kind of easy when you don't give a stuff about what other people do and or what you do. Isn't it? Kind of like, oh, you do you, man. You'll be all right. Until it's not. They do something that's really good. Um, but can you see unity on its own in that kind of context? Yeah, whatever. You carry on to you. And then there's holiness, which equally is as ugly and scary on its, you know, on its own, as in, as in, we will be united, we'll do this together until you do something I don't agree with, and then either I go or you go. It's like that story of the guy who was fully, a minister who was fully, fully embraced holiness, and at the end of the year, it was him and his wife left. And she would have gone, but she was in charge of Morgan City. <laughs> but Paul leans into this thing of we're called and it's not easy and don't think for a minute it is is actually what we do matters who we are matters the choices we make matter the way we treat one another matters how we live, how we give how we pay our taxes how we do our business how we, how we love our neighbor whatever, they matter and they're important. And we are called to be a church together. We're called to be united together. We, we are not to turn tail and run at the first sign of, or the first encounter where someone does something or says something that, doesn't, that we don't agree with. And we're, we're called to have those tough conversations with one another, knowing that we are fully committed to that other person no matter what it is they choose, no matter how they choose to live. It's hard, eh? So that's Philippians. Why don't we stand? And then, and then quietly, without raising the suspicion of the children waiting, make your way over and get it done quickly. So now, Father, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for these incredible people here. Whether they're visiting for the first time and, and going back to their homes or wherever, or, or this is their church family. God, would you continue? Would you use this leaning in of Philippians in, in this first term to, to speak to us again? Remind us again of who you are, Jesus. Of the way that you've made for us. Remind us that we are being called into the business of your kingdom, of the good news of the gospel, and all that means for us and all that means for each other, that we bless it.
in our time together today, but in this term ahead. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. Well, well done.